Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is the first Brewers podcast of 2018, and with that, we are joined as always by our good friend, Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter for MLB.com. Adam, thank you so much for the time and a happy new year to you and yours, and of course, uh, this is not breaking news, but the uh, hot stove, not exactly uh, hot or even lukewarm, it is moving at a rather uh, glacial, deliberate pace. Uh, I, I would actually go for deliberate right now because it beats uh, nothing, which is pretty much what's going on right now. So uh, what we're going to do uh, to fill the time today is uh, kind of go over the five biggest questions uh, per you. Uh, facing the Brewers here in 2018. But before uh, we do that, I want to get your take on something because, of course, the the major uh, news story right now is the fact that, uh, yeah, it's cold outside. But I want to know from a Wisconsinite, is this really that cold? Or, I mean, to me, that there's there's cold and then there's Wisconsin cold. I mean, to me, it would seem like if you guys had the weather we're having here where it's in the, you know, the teens or low 20s and people – you know, moan and complain about it. You guys would just laugh it off and say, "Ah, this is this is shorts weather." So, I mean, what's what's your take on what is actually cold right now? Well, I skied on New Year's Eve day in negative ten in the <laughs> Upper Peninsula. Oh wow, that's cold. But <laughs> you know, if you're ready for it, it's fine. So yeah. it's it's about layers. It's not about big giant sweatshirts and right. sweaters. Right. It's about many layers. Um. It's about air movement in your boots, Yep. so not having too tight, and, um, you know, you're fine. So we were short bursts. We were fine. We survived. Had a big bonfire at midnight on New Year's Eve, and, yeah, I think it, uh, I think it dipped under negative 10. Wow. Down by the lake up in northern Wisconsin. Jeez. So um, it was cold. I'll, I'll give you that. That's cold. <laughs> And uh, it felt very good to get back inside by the fire. Yeah, I, I can't blame you there. I mean, I, I walk around, you know, uh, New York City here, and this is not to put down people who are, you know, wearing the, the parkas and the mittens and the scarves, but I'm thinking, like, come on, people. It's I, Yeah, it's cold, and I get it, but, I mean, to me, the, again, there's cold and there's Wisconsin cold. And I, and I think, like, <laughs> you guys have the more legitimate cold going on to the point where I see people around here and I'm thinking, like, you, you wouldn't survive in the Midwest. You, you just wouldn't. So, Well, then there's North Dakota cold. Oh, That's another man. level. 
Yeah, so it's always worse. There's always something worse. Always There's something. Siberia cold, <laughs> which is true. where they'll send us if we don't start talking about baseball. <laughs> that's a great. That's as good a segue as I could have come up with. So uh, we'll uh, we'll use that as our jumping off point. So uh, let's let's try to heat things up. I guess that's another bad segue by me. Uh, so again, the the five questions that the Brewers face here in uh, 2018. Uh, I think the the biggest one is you know we've seen. Uh, some some signings and some you know reunions. Uh, Giovanni Gallardo stands out, of course, among those. But when you look at the roster right now, is there a lot of work left to do? Uh, a little bit, or are they going to roll with what they got right now? Well, you know, Matt, this the, writing this story before the new year reminded me kind of of one of our first podcasts of the off season or, or our last podcast of the regular season. In that this it, it gets back to the really interesting thing about this particular the way the Brewers roster is constructed right now. And David Stearns has said this. They like their team as it is. This is a team that surprised last year, got to within a game of uh, going to the postseason, of playing in that wild card game. So there's a lot to like about the players they have in-house. And he you know, made the point sort of going in that if they made no changes, um, he'd be okay with it. Now, making no changes is not realistic, so they have done some things. And the question all along has been, how big are they going to go in their additions or their changes? So far, not very big, but as you correctly point out, that's the true all-around baseball. So to me, there is still a lot left unanswered about how exactly David Stearns views what he's got, where he thinks this club can go in 2018, and just how much he wants to add um, before they get to opening day. And this is just, you know, each year it's getting later and later. This, uh, I, again, I, my theory is, is a lot of this has to do with the Ivy League GM who is making decisions based on logic instead of emotion, or at least that, that scale is leaning further away from emotion than, than perhaps in the past. They're willing, perfectly happy to wait until very late, close to spring training or even into spring training to make their changes. And I don't know. I think there are a lot of clubs where you could, you're going to be able to say this year. You don't know what the club's going to look like on opening day until opening day. I think there are GMs all over this game right now that are willing to take this right up to the end to make their final additions, to get the deals that they want to get. Um, and they're not feeling any pressure to move just because the rest of us are saying, oh, my God, isn't everything so slow and isn't this all terrible? I, I, think, I think they're going to be patient, and I think David Stern still has – some significant moves up his sleeve. It's almost as if, you know, all 30 GMs got together and said, hey, here's our blueprint, here's our game plan. Don't screw it up for the rest of us. You know, let's wait this out. Let's wait for the prices to come down. Let's let these guys and the agents and the Scott Borises of the world sweat a little bit. And then come mid-late January, even into early February, all right, let's get something done. But like you said, uh, I mean, it could be weeks before we see – more significant movement on the free agent market or the trade market uh, because that's just the way that things are trending right now and it's, it's, it's just the way it is. And it's not like in years past where you saw a frenzy of activity at the winter meetings and, you know, before the calendar flipped to the new year, uh, this is what it is now. So it's the ultimate game of chicken. And uh, we'll see who blinks first as uh, the weeks wear on here as we kick off a 2018 so, Adam, you mentioned, uh, you know, David Stern's uh, uh, plan and in terms of how he looks at the, the roster right now. 
with specificity to the uh, starting rotation, we've already seen, like I said, the reunion with uh, Giovanni Gallardo. We've seen uh, Jolice Chassin coming aboard. Uh, now, a lot of that has been necessitated by some health issues within the rotation. How much more could we or should we expect uh, regarding tweaks to that rotation? Yeah, I, I still think there is room to add if, again, if these prices get to where it looks like a good deal. It looks like a smart move. Um, and, you know, sure enough, coming out of New Year's, our friend John Morosi reports that the Brewers have recently been in touch with Alex Cobb's representative. Hmm. That's a name that makes a lot of sense. You know, we, we kind of went through the logic on Jake Arrieta in, in that theoretically the Brewers have the money to go big like that. It just it seems less and less likely that that's the direction they're going to go. But a guy like Alex Cobb, a little bit shorter term, you know, a little bit less on an average annual value. Um, although it's still really significant when you start hearing about, you know, numbers floated like four years, 80 million. Um, still, that, that's still a very big number, but, but it is something that is certainly within the Brewers, the realm of possibility budget wise, because they have so many pre-arbitration and guys who are early in their arbitration years and just aren't costing the big, big dollars just yet. So um, I, I would put it, you know, this is just sort of guesswork at this point still, but looking at the number of players still out there, um, the number of dollars still sort of at David Stern's disposal, I still think there's a significant rotation ad to be made here. Um, remember, this club was a very good pitching team, surprisingly good pitching team last year, 10th in the league in starters ERA. It kind of is what fueled them. After years of being a club fueled by offense, this is a pitching team. Then they lost Jimmy Nelson late in the year. They're going to go into next season without him available at the top of the rotation. And I think with the other good things happening on their roster um, from an offensive standpoint, it's, I think it, you can make a pretty strong argument that it, that it makes sense for David Stearns to spend a little bit on some pitchers on short-ish term deals, some, some high-quality pitchers, to sort of bridge that Jimmy Nelson gap. And then when Nelson comes back, you've got yourself a nice, solid rotation. And, and maybe you can surprise again this year. Maybe you can make a run again in 2018. Yeah, of course, uh, the old saying, you can never have uh, enough arms, enough depth, uh, whether in the rotation or the bullpen or ideally both. And uh, hopefully that is the plan for the Brewers going ahead here in 2018. And, Adam, it would not be a true Brewers podcast if we did not discuss one of our favorites, <laughs> Josh Hader. This, this role <laughs> used to be reserved for Willie Peralta. He's, of course, now an ex-Brewer. But we talk about Hader uh, every week, and with good reason, uh, he can start, he can relieve, he's young, yeah. he's got talent. The question simply is, where does he fit? Well, and look, it, we it, the year begins, we still don't know. And <laughs> this is exactly why David Stearns and Craig Council didn't want to declare on this before they had to declare, um, because they wanted that flexibility. If, if smart opportunities come up, they're going to add. They felt like uh, Jolis Chassin, Giovanni Gallardo were smart opportunities to add for Chassin, a guy who Definitely looks like he will be in the rotation. Gallardo, guy who will have to compete for a spot, maybe a spot in the bullpen. There are more guys out there. You know, there's more opportunities to add. If they add more starting pitchers, it simply looks more and more likely. Hater goes to the pen. That still looks like you know it's it's like 80-20, I think that that Josh Hader stays in the bullpen based on what they've said about the success he had there last year. You can pick and choose your spots to where you really maximize his power left arm. Um, in, in spots in the lineup, spots in the game. There are a lot of strong arguments 
for keeping him where he's at. But look, if they get to the end of this offseason, Jimmy Nelson's out, maybe someone else gets hurt in spring training, um, and there's like some big glaring need in that rotation, they have set themselves up to have the flexibility to put Josh Vader back into that role maybe a little bit earlier than expected. So they, 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 it's all about having flexibility and managing a team and um, putting players in different spots. That's the mantra Craig Council has instilled in this group. Um, and it is sort of, you know, Josh Hader is example A this offseason of a guy, uh, you know, don't declare until you have to declare, and they still have not exactly said what he's going to be doing. And uh, like you said, guys that have uh, his pedigree and his uh, flexibility, first and foremost, are so valuable. They can wear many different hats during the course of a season, and uh, Hader might have to be that guy, uh, you know, given with what happens uh, with certain health issues, with the guys that maybe underperform, you've got him as uh, a security blanket, and that's always a good thing to have for any team and for any manager and a luxury, certainly for Craig Council heading into 2018. Uh, Adam, it's it's always very hard to project or predict when it comes to health, especially for guys that are you know into their uh, early or mid-30s, such as Ryan Braun now is. And, of course, we've... Uh, talked about in detail and at length about his health issues the past couple years. But if you have to guess right now, given the nature of his health woes, given his age, you put all that in the blender and spit it out. What kind of uh, chances do you give Braun on having a fully healthy 2018? Yeah, I, I put this in there because I think this remains just the biggest unknown for this team. Um, I've said this to you before, Matt, I think. I've never covered watched a player where his success is as closely tied to health as it is for Ryan Braun. When he is healthy, he is one of the best right-handed hitters in baseball, almost immune to slumps when he's good. He he doesn't dive like a lot of hitters are prone to do, you know, the roller coaster of hitting. Um, He is as steady a, a player when healthy as I've seen. Now, he obviously hasn't been healthy for – he's had some unhealthy seasons mixed in the last couple of years. Last year was one of them where um, – I don't have the number of at-bats in front of me, but it was in the 300s. It was low. They need to get him back over 400, close to 500 at-bats. And if they can do that, that is a huge boost for an offense that now has you know, Travis Shaw, Eric Thames, Lefty Power, both guys coming off 31 homer seasons, has Domingo Santana really cemented himself – also a 30-homer season for him. If you had a healthy Ryan Braun into that, that, that is an extremely potent foursome in the middle of your lineup. So this, I think it's, it's kind of an old, tired question to a lot of people. Um, there's some weariness of the sort of daily, how is Ryan Braun's wrist? His calf was an issue last year. You know, just what's his, where is his body at today? Um, it's kind of tiring for Craig Council. It's tiring for Ryan Braun to have to deal with that. But I put it in the story because it is still a vital, vital component to the success or failure of this team in 2018. Um, at 33 years old, 34, he is still extremely capable of being um, the best hitter on the team. And it's all going to come down to health. And it's up to sort of Craig Council and Ryan Braun and the medical staff to try to navigate you know, as many, try to get in as many healthy games as possible. That's been the aim for the last couple of seasons. It wasn't as successful last year as the one before. They're going to try to get back 
um, you know, back towards that 120, 25, 30 game, 100, you know, 400 at bats, 500 at bats. Those are some of the targets uh, for Ryan Braun. And if they get there, uh, I like this team's chances to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, I think most people are in agreement that he is the single biggest determining factor as to whether this offense is good or potentially great. And if uh, we get a healthy Ryan Braun in 2018, you're looking at an offense that I think in many people's eyes could be among the elite offenses, not just in the National League, but across all of baseball. So a lot hinges on Ryan Braun and his health up for 2018. That is an understatement for sure. Uh, Adam, to wrap up here, of course, uh, whenever you get a team that exceeds expectations and guys kind of come out of nowhere to have great years, the fear is that, you know, in the ensuing season, there is going to be some regression. And, of course, there are some guys that are candidates for that. We saw Corey Knable have a lights-out year, uh, you know, closing at the back end of the bullpen. Eric Thames was an absolute beast in April. Uh, he did tail off some, but overall still had a very productive year, his first year back in the States after uh, tearing it up in Korea for some time. So what are the chances that, uh, you know, Brewers fans have to exercise a little bit of caution here and figure that some guys are going to take a step back in 2018? Yeah, I, I, that is a possibility. And we love Travis Shaw for many reasons. He fills the notebooks for us scribes. Um, and he said, you know, he's a very honest guy. He said that is on the radar for next season. It's something that they need to be wary of. Um, Shaw, same Santana, all 30 homers for the first time in their careers. Um, Orlando Arcia, a nice, healthy, full season. Um, you know, the catching tandem was better than anyone expected. The rotation, as we just said, was better than expected. The bullpen survived. Natali Feliz totally flaming out early in the year because Corey Knabel was so good in his first full season as a closer. There are a lot of guys coming off the quote-unquote best years of their careers, and that opens the door to a little bit of regression. And this kind of gets back to you know, how much is David Stearns willing to add to this group versus – just give these guys another year to develop and, and see um, what the regression is and see where there is further growth. Um, because players who surprise you once, there's nothing to say that they're, they can't go and surprise you again. Um, really good players do that. So that, is, that, that sort of brings us back to the beginning and, and really the beginning of the offseason to this big, really difficult, overarching question of where exactly is this team at in this rebuild? Is it Still rebuilding and, and needs one more year of development before you really go for it? Um, or is it emerging? Is it out? You know, getting to within one game of the wild card, does that signify that, look, the rebuild is over, you stock that farm system, you've got good players in the big leagues, you're ready to win? Or is it somewhere along that spectrum? Um, I, I'm not smart enough to know the answer. They've got really smart people at Miller Park <laughs> who probably could answer that a lot better and know a lot more what remains in, in these waning weeks of the offseason. But, but those are kind of the big issues uh, facing David Stearns and the Brewers going forward. And, um, look, maybe you take a step back in 2018 uh, in order to take a much bigger step forward after that. Uh, that is certainly one of the possibilities for this club going into next year. And um, it's why I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting club to follow. Yeah, no question there. Uh, it's such a double-edged sword uh, when you have the season that, that the Brewers had in 2017 because, like you just said, 
it presents a whole new set of questions. You think, well, well, are we further along than we thought? You know, should we go for it now? Do we need to pump the brakes a little bit? It's uh, There's a, a lot, like I said, a, a new batch of questions that come with uh, sort of overachieving as the Brewers did in 2017. And uh, again, as you said, that's why the crew is going to be one of the more fascinating teams to watch in uh, 2018. And uh, that's a good place to wrap this one up on the third day of 2018. Adam McKelvey, great stuff as always. Uh, we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.